everyone. I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, inviting you to stay tuned for another edition of the Pathlight radio program. We're so glad to have you tuned in today as we usher in this holiday season. Hope you've had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. And now, of course, we're on the very, very edge of the Christmas holiday season. Many begin to already decorate and celebrate. And well, we're just so glad to have you a part of the uh, of the uh, Pathlight family. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you a special message today. It, it, it is somewhat of a message of testimony, somewhat of a personal testimony, but also a challenge today from the Word of God. It's called My Christmas Countdown. Now, this uh, this uh, message actually was in the uh, pages of Pathpoint uh, Magazine for the uh, December issue, if you happen to, to receive that magazine. But if not, I want to share it with you today. And even if you did, the message uh, as preached here is a little bit different uh, than the one in the magazine. So anyway, I hope you'll stay uh, stay tuned for today's entire entire program. Right now, though, we're talking about music of the holiday season. I've got an instrumental song coming your way. Now, by the way, this is one of the instrumentals that you will hear on the Serene Radio Network. Uh, if, uh, if you've never checked out Serene, now during the holiday season, it's all Christmas instrumentals. And it can provide the soundtrack for many of your fellowships decorating the tree or whatever you might be doing. Check out Serene. Now, the easiest way to get that, now you can go directly, but the easiest way to get that is to go to the GoMix Radio uh, website. Go to gomixradio.org. Go to the website there. And down about midway of the page, you'll see some ways you can listen. You can listen online to the GoMix uh, network. You can listen to GoMix Gold, some of the older uh, Southern Gospel stuff. And, of course, you can listen to Serene Radio. And Serene is right there. Right there. I want you to check it out if you get a chance. You can also download the... Uh, Alexa skill, if you'd like to, and just uh, ask Alexa to play uh, Serene Radio, and uh, and of course uh, that will uh, that will work also. But right now, from the uh, Serene playlist, I've got a uh, instrumental coming your way, and it's called the uh, the first the first Noel.
one of the many instrumental favorites from the playlist of Serene Radio. And again, I encourage you to check that out from the Go Mix Christian Radio website, gomixradio.org, and midway the page, you'll find the uh, the option to listen to Serene. And again, you can also do that on the Alexa uh, device if you happen to have one of those and just uh, enable the skill for Serene Radio. And of course, you can uh, you can then listen anytime you would like throughout the year. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 2, the Bible says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. When I was a kid, many, many eons of years ago, I used to count down the days before Christmas every year around the 1st of October or so, the Christmas sales brochures and catalogs would start arriving, and Well, I'd start counting down the days. Well, now that I'm much older, I've started a new Christmas countdown. You you see, you see, now I'm uh, right now I'm 71 years old, so I realize that I might not have quite as many Christmases left as I used to. As a matter of fact, I probably don't have a lot of Christmases left at all. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not not on some death watch here. It's just that statistically, I know that my Christmases are running out. That's a reality that uh, that I need to face, and and well, we all do. Now, certainly, I I realize that one can be taken in the uh, in the early years of life. But I'm just saying, once you get in your 70s, you begin to say, well, you know, obviously, uh, statistically, it is running out. Now, if that seems a little morbid, it's not meant to be. After all, who could complain about spending Christmas in heaven? I guess when Sherry and I depart for green or pastures, they'll sell the house and some new family will move in. They'll change everything. They'll probably start by backing up a dumpster to my study window and tossing out 70 years of priceless treasures, which it won't take them very long to identify them as an accumulation of just junk. But they'll take those and unceremonially cart them off to the trash heap. Now, uh, next they may venture into our various Christmas storage areas. We usually at our house put up about six trees every year. And, And all those trees, along with their unique decorations, takes up quite a bit of space that well, that normal people might use to store something silly like their clothes or something like that. Well, in short order, this new family is going to reorder the house just the way they like it, and every trace of the Worthingtons will be eradicated. Well, well, almost every trace. One day, they'll venture into the attic and they're tucked away in some dark corner uh, under the rafters. They'll, they might find one more box of Christmas decorations. You see, these are the ones that were too worn, too tattered, too torn, too faded, too stained through years of use uh, that we really didn't use them anymore. But they were too filled with memories to throw away. Maybe you've got possessions like that. You just don't have the heart to throw them away. But but they are really not uh, not good to sit on the table anymore either. Once again, these mementos of a bygone era of holiday joy will be their center of attention. Someone's going to drag these things out of the box, and they might even bring someone a smile for one final time just before they're placed in a garbage bag and escorted down to the local landfill. Now, now please don't misunderstand. That's the, that's the way it should be. One generation ends, another begins. I understand that. I accept that. That is a part of reality. It's just kind of sad when some of your greatest memories of your entire lifetime end up as mulch. Most of all those decorations were faithful to us over the decades. They stuck with us through hurricanes and storms and floods and 
through times of thick and thin. Anytime we wanted a little Christmas spirit, even in the middle of the year, they were there for us. I can't say that about a lot of people. So yes, we were somewhat attached to our, to our decorations. I'll say that. Am I being morbid again? I'm sorry about that. Not meaning to. Actually, looking at the statistics, I can feel good about this year because right now it's already the uh, 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 the first of December, really, and 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 usually if I live until the first of December, I make it for the rest of the year. So uh, you can't argue with seventy years of statistics like that. So so I guess I'm on good ground to plan my holidays and put up my decorations and we'll plan to be here for Christmas time. Of course, it could be Christmas itself that ultimately takes me to the promised land. If I, I don't fall off the ladder, placing the ribbon on the top of the tree, I might perish from my annual fruitcake binge. I've also read that Christmas itself is a great source of stress-related maladies. At least one study suggests that it can literally give you a heart attack. Well, that may be understandable because if you look at the modern manifestation of Christmas, it turns out that there's a, a surprising number of elements that can and probably do lead to an increase in stress. That my Christmases are running out is an undeniable truth. So I am determined to savor every one that God grants me. Actually, it's kind of neat knowing that every gift you receive, even if it doesn't have a lifetime guarantee, will probably last you for the rest of your life. It used to be furniture and books, then it became clothes and flashlight batteries. Some of those things last a long time. But soon, fresh-cut flowers and my carton of eggnog might outlast me. The expiration date on them might be longer than the expiration date on me. Now, thoughts like that can change a person. My senior years have prompted me to think a little deeper about Christmas, but one feeling hasn't changed. I'm always a bit sad when it's over. Even when I was a kid, I remember walking outside on Christmas night, looking up into the night sky, being flooded with emotion. I was happy about the Christmas I just enjoyed, you know, I, but, but I was just sad it was all over. And it wasn't just the gifts and the toys and the decorations, but more than that, it was, it was the spirit behind the celebration that I would miss. It was almost like all the peace and goodwill were being boxed up along with the decorations and tossed up in the attic for another year. All that joy and all that happiness placed up there in the darkness, it just didn't seem right to a kid. And now that I think about it, it doesn't seem right to an old man either. Yet as a pastor who's always looking for illustrations, perhaps there's a vivid illustration in all that joy and light hiding up there, awaiting that perfect timing of Christmas. Again, the Bible says in Isaiah 9, 2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Do you remember the story of Gideon? Do you recall how his small band of fighting men hid their torches and jars until instructed to reveal their light? When they crashed their jars, the torches blazed brightly in the night sky, causing confusion and panic among the enemy. Of course, this was all God's initiative so that he would get the glory for the victory. Likewise, a small baby, the bearer of light, was also God's initiative. It was all his doing. Through this child, the Lord Jesus Christ, joy, deliverance, and victory would be brought to the people. In the fullness of time, the Son of God would come to bring light to the dark places. The coming of the Christ child granted us a continual source of light to dispel darkness. This is the message that was proclaimed long ago and is announced afresh today. We should proclaim and illustrate this light all year. It just seems like we have more, well, more object lessons at Christmas time. 
You see, some of our best object lessons, like our lights and our manger scenes and things like that, are boxed up most of the year. It's no wonder when we come to the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, it's attended by light. Shepherds were dazzled by the light of God, reassured by angels, and then they would find the Christ child lying in a manger. Wise men see that star, follow it, recognize the significance of the light of the star, heralding the birth of a newborn king. Jesus will later teach his followers that they are to be the light of the world, reflections of his own light. Until the first century, Jews would have understand the, understood the light of the world being found in the temple. A giant menorah stood above the temple compound, all nine branches lit to the glory of God. But now Jesus tells his followers that they are the light of the world, not the temple menorah. They are the light because they reflect the glory of God in their midst. That glory is now personal, not symbolic. That glory is not contained in a person, not contained in a place. That glory is now Jesus, the light that came into the world that we are privileged to display. Maybe retrieving my lights and my shiny decorations to bring light for all to see is just another way of reminding me of the light of God that came to dispel the darkness. The Bible says, Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 4, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see all that gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Again, that's Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 4. Don't tell anyone, as it may confirm their suspicions that I'm losing my mind in my latter years, but I always like to say a few words when I pack up our decorations. As I I thank our Lord for his blessings over the season, I also look at our boxed up decorations and I say something, something like, thank you for another year of memory. See you next year. Well, I know that's silly, but I've kind of done that for years. And, And no, 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 please don't misunderstand. I'm not praying to a glass ball or to a string of garland. These are just objects. I understand that, that my Lord has given us to help celebrate his birth. It's just that every twinkling light helps to remind me of the birth of my Savior the true light of the world. Sometimes I get the message better from a twinkling light than I do from some liberal pastor's message. As an old man, perhaps telling our decorations that I'll see them again is a good thing. Maybe in some unexplained way, I feel an obligation, almost like I'd be betraying a trust if I'm not there to unpack them all next Christmas. You see, Christmas is a time that God calls us all to rise up and make a special effort to display the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. I remember reading of an elderly man of God who moved back to his old hometown in the years of his declining health. One of the things that bothered him most upon his return was that the church, the church where he had received Christ as Savior, was now closed. It had been sitting empty for years. One Christmas, burdened by the loss of the old lighthouse where the gospel was once so faithfully preached, The old man remembered the beautiful stained glass windows that still adorned the building. Strangely enough, they'd not been broken out. They'd not found some child's rock being tossed through them. No, they were still there. And these windows faced Main Street, and many people passed by them every single day, not giving them a glance. 
Well, after seeking permission from the caretaker, the old man recruited some help and had numerous floodlights placed inside the church a few days before Christmas, and those lights were to shine right through the stained glass. He had to run a drop cord from a neighbor's house because there was no power in the church anymore. But he ran that cord, set up those floodlights, and they were positioned to shine beautifully through the stained glass to the outside. There for all to see were the timeless portrayals of Jesus in the stained glass. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph at his birth in Bethlehem. Jesus, the good shepherd carrying the lamb. Jesus, the searching Savior rescuing the lone lost sheep while the ninety and nine rested safety in the field, safely in the field. Jesus praying in Gethsemane. Jesus on the cross. Jesus risen from the dead and ascending, ascending to glory. It was Christmas, and once again, the light from that old church presented the message of Jesus Christ. These windows became silent sermons. All they needed was light. All they needed was light and the resourcefulness of someone who cared enough to let it shine. People who usually passed by the darkened church and paid no attention to it all, suddenly now they stopped reverently, silently, thoughtfully, They stopped. They looked. They saw the message. They found themselves filled with new determination and encouragement in the darkness that filled their lives. The light streaming through those windows gave new meaning to perhaps the words of the Lord in Isaiah 60, 20. The Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. As souls stop there one by one to look at the scenes Scenes now illuminated. Scenes now preaching their silent message because someone cared enough to let the light shine. You know, that is the very nature of light. Some of the rays are absorbed. Others are reflected. When you stand in the, in, in the sun, uh, you feel warm. Even on a winter's day, you can feel warmth, the warmth of the sun. You can feel the warmth of the sun because some of those rays are absorbed, but others, as you well know, are reflected off. Thus it is with you and I. The clouds that lie over the sunset, they're nothing but vapor. That's all they are. Just think about that for a moment. Those clouds up in the sky and those clouds over the sunset or the sunrise are nothing but vapor. It's like fog. If you've been on an airplane, you know that. You fly right through them. Remember how fog is on a, on a morn? It's damp, it's dreary, it looks gray or white, if you will, and uh, not very pleasing usually. The fog is more of an aggravation than anything else. It is just a vapor, and that's what those clouds are that lie over the sunset, nothing but vapor. But those same clouds... When smitten by the radiance of the sun, they preach volumes about the glory of God. You've seen that in the sunset. You've seen that in the sunrise. You've stood there in absolute awe over the beauty. And what is it? It's nothing but vapor. It's just the fog. It's just the cloud. But when the sun shines through it, it's a beautiful color that no artist can really capture and no man can imagine on his own 
So it is with you and I. The Bible says, what is life? It is but a vapor. Your life is just a vapor. The Bible says it appears for a while and then vanishes away. It's just a vapor. That's all it is. Oh, but that vapor, when Christ comes to be our light and shines through that vapor, the beauty of his glory can be dramatically displayed for all to see. And many can stand in awe of the beauty of your life, the beauty of the light that shines through, that shines through the vapor. The wise men had traveled far following that star they saw in the east. These wise men were probably Gentiles. It's interesting that they were perhaps the first Gentiles to come and worship the Savior. And, and they were willing, they were willing to travel probably hundreds of miles across to a wilderness, a desert, probably barren and dangerous, to see if perhaps the king had been born, whereas the religious leaders in Jerusalem were unwilling to travel five or six miles to see if it might be true. Finally, they arrived. And the Bible says they came and stood before the Christ child and bowed before him. And they realized that the brilliance of the star they had been following was nothing compared to the light that God had sent into the world. Yeah, the star amazed them even from afar. Yes, it did. Caused them to plan their journey, to execute their journey and come and visit the Christ child. But now they realize the brilliance of that star is Nothing compared to this child that lies before us right now. Jesus is the one who likewise will meet you in your deepest darkness, whatever that darkness might be for you. He is the light, and He can bring light to your life right now. If you're a Christian, if you're born again, you know that. You know what I'm talking about. You can understand that. You can comprehend that because it's happened to you. But the question is, are you letting that light shine? The light has come into your life if, if you're a Christian, but are you letting it shine? Does sometimes you just feel like an old misty vapor and, and not anything spiritually significant to behold? Oh, you, you're not letting the sun shine through it. You're not letting the light shine through it because once you do, others can behold and they will stand in awe. But perhaps today you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You never have. Oh, I tell you, there's never a bad time of the year to get saved. But I tell you, Christmas is a wonderful time, wonderful time to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. The light has come into the world. Why do you dwell in darkness? The Savior has come into the world. Why art thou lost? Your answer to your greatest problem in life, which is the sin problem, the answer has come into the world. Why won't you receive it right now? Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I beg you to do so. It will be the greatest decision you will ever make in life. The greatest decision. And once you make that decision, if you're like the rest of us, you know what you're going to be thinking? You're going to be thinking, why in the world did I wait so long? Why in the world didn't I receive Christ a long time before now? I pray you'll receive Christ. You know, as you count down the days before Christmas, or as you perhaps count down the number of Christmases that you have left, please determine to let the glorious light of Christ shine through your life. Yes, 
This year, the light might shine through your window. People might travel around to see your house and say, wow, have you been by that house? Look at that tree in the window. Look at all those lights. Look at all that display in the front yard. Oh, that's a beautiful house. How beautiful it's decorated. That's good. Let that light shine through your window. But most importantly, make sure that light shines in your life, not just at Christmas, but year-round. Let that light of Jesus Christ shine. Your life is a vapor, but just like the sunset and the sun shines through that vapor, those clouds, and puts on a dramatic display, so can Jesus do for you in your life and mine if we will only let him do so. I trust as you make your plans for the holiday season that you will plan to go out to some of the many fine church services and programs that are being held this time of year. Now, it's important to attend a Bible-believing church. You know, for a long time, people said attend the church of your choice. And if I might uh, determine, that's kind of dumb because many churches today are not preaching the Word of God. Many pastors do not believe the Word of God today. You find yourself a good Bible-believing church where there's a man who believes in the Bible, believes in the Word of God, but believes in the inspiration and authority of the Scripture, and you find yourself a church like that, and see if they've got maybe a special Christmas service. And even if it's not special, you attend, you attend, you attend this holiday season. Till next time, T.D. Worthington saying, May God richly bless you is my prayer. May God bless you. May God bless you this holiday season.